Welcome to the Nurse Becoming Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Guarneri from the Resume RX, and this is the podcast that's dedicated to empowering and encouraging nurses along your path of professional and self discovery. As a nurse practitioner, mom, and business owner, I'm on a mission to help you figure out how to leave your lasting impact on the world, all while bravely and fearlessly growing along the way. Join me for honest conversations and inspiring stories about personal and professional growth, all through the lens of nursing. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Nurse Becoming podcast. It's your host, Amanda Guarneri. So happy to be in your earbuds today, wherever you are listening. And whether you're a new listener or a longtime listener, I'm just so grateful to have you here today. I am going to talk about calling a consult today. This is a little nuanced kind of small snippet of a topic, but I think there's a lot to say about it. And I think that it has some pretty big implications of how we communicate professionally. And I'm not sure that it's something that a lot of people really think about before learning how to do it. So what I wanted to do is present an episode on kind of how to effectively call a consult and how to speak in a way that communicates what we want to communicate with our professional peers. I think this is something I remember when I had to do this for the first time. I was so nervous. I'm not someone who gets nervous under pressure a lot, but there's something about calling a consult to a physician that was just really intimidating to me. And for a while, I would be really sweaty about it and nervous and have to write out my notes. And once I got into a groove and and figured out my own personal approach to how I was doing this, it got so, so much easier. So something that I really enjoy teaching nurse practitioner students and newer nurse practitioners is how to think about this before you actually do it so that you can maybe avoid being as sweaty as I was in those early days. And, you know, I'm not sure where this fear comes from. I don't want to be put on the spot. I want to make sure that I'm presenting accurate information, giving the consultant the information that they need to agree to the consult or or answer the question that I have for them. And I think there's also this air of needing to feel, I don't know, I don't want to say equal, but worthy as a nurse practitioner calling a consult to a physician. You know, I want them to feel that my presentation and my consult is not less than because I'm an NP. You know, there's some charged professional relationships these days between us as NPs and physicians. And I I don't like that. And I want to make sure that I'm not giving anyone any reason to think less of me. So that's probably something that I need to work through. But, <laughs> um, but I think just in general, it is really smart for us as professionals to make sure that we are considering the best ways to communicate professionally with our colleagues, whether they're colleagues who are also nurse practitioners or PAs or physicians, regardless of who we're speaking to, I think that having a similar approach and a respectful dialogue is in our favor, for sure. 
So this episode is going to be really great for nurse practitioner students and new NPs, especially if you're in a position or a rotation where you're calling consults frequently or you're calling physicians or other providers with clinical questions. And that could be the outpatient setting. It's probably more likely going to be on the hospital side of things. And I think that nurses can benefit from this too, though I think that as nurses, we're given a little bit more education in terms of how to call a report. You know, I think that Pretty much everybody learns the SBAR model, which stands for situation, background, assessment, and recommendation. So I think that we're comfortable as nurses calling report to other nurses, but the conversation is a little bit different when we are calling a clinical consult of a provider. Because when we call a consult to a provider, we are asking or we should be asking a very specific question. There should be a very specific action question at the end of our consult that is the reason for our consult and and requires some sort of response. And it takes some finesse and some thought and a framework to pose that question. So rather than talking about it, let's just talk about how to do it, okay? So the reason why we want to be thinking about our consults and doing them effectively is because this leads to faster, more efficient patient disposition, meaning admission, discharge, It also leads to better patient care, right? When we communicate better on behalf of our patients, our patients are better off. That is a very common sense type of thing. And it also helps build professional rapport between us and our colleagues. So before you're calling a consult, I want you to prepare. Okay, so if you're using an electronic health record, you can have the chart open while you call your consult. You could even type out what you're going to say in advance. You could type it word for word like in the chart itself, or you could write out some bullet points that you don't want to forget. If you're the type of person who tends to have everything that you prepare go out of your brain once you are on the spot, then this is a great idea. Case in point, I have an outline for this episode right now because off the cuff, I'm not as great as when I have my talking points bulleted out. Okay. If you've already written your full note, your consult conversation may be pretty similar to your medical decision making. So in our SOAP notes, subjective, objective, assessment, and plan, a lot of times in that assessment and plan section, we're also narrating our clinical medical decision making process and writing a mini report in that section. So if that's a practice of yours, then maybe you don't need to write out the bullets for your consult, but you're going to write your note first, and then you're going to have it up when you call uh, and have that consult conversation so that you can make sure that you're hitting all the important points that you've also put in your note. Okay. Another thing to consider is to smile. Okay. So I have a story from a previous coworker of mine who told me about this initiative that they had at the hospital before I worked there. And they handed out little mirrors and she would put her mirror um, underneath her computer monitor, like right behind her keyboard. And it was to look at herself. And the initiative was to always smile when you were on the phone. So she got into this practice because she had the mirror to reinforce the behavior. Uh, Whenever she was on a consult or talking to anyone on the phone, she was making sure she was smiling by looking in the mirror and smiling at herself. And it makes a difference. You know, if you ever talk to someone, you can tell if they're smiling or not. More more so if they're not, right? Like if they are not in a good mood, you can hear it even if they're not saying anything unkind. So I think that 
getting in that habit of, of smiling. I'm smiling at you right now. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> it makes a big difference, okay? I think that it's important for us to acknowledge that whenever we're calling a consult, we are requesting someone's time and expertise. And a lot of times we're relying on them to support our decision-making process. And we're asking them questions that will have a big effect on the disposition of and the care of our patient, okay? So when you first call, when you, let's say you've paged and you're getting that call back or you're calling and connecting directly, I want you to start by being kind. I want you to be kind and gracious. And that might look like saying, hi, Dr. So-and-so, thank you so much for taking my call, or thank you so much for getting back to me. How are you today? Or anything, anything kind, okay? Even if you don't get anything kind in return, don't absorb that energy. Keep with your energy that you have, that you've come to the call with, okay? And you're going to start out by stating your name and the reason for your call. So I might say, hi, Dr. So-and-so, thank you so much for taking my call or thank you so much for getting back to me. This is Amanda. I'm one of the nurse practitioners in the ED and I'm hoping to get a consult for a patient of mine with XYZ. So I might say, hoping to get a consult for a patient of mine with acute appendicitis or with suspected, you know, whatever your suspected diagnosis is or with new onset AFib with rapid ventricular response. So you're going to start off with a really clear objective of why you're calling. So you're not going to call and say, hi, this is Amanda, one of the nurse practitioners in the ED, and I'm hoping to get a consult on a patient of mine who came in six hours ago. And when he came in, he complained of having chest pain on and off for a few days. That was worse when he stood up and he felt this fluttering feeling in his chest. And we did this test, this test, this test. And you're not going to go on and on and on and then give the punchline of on EKG he has you know afib with a rapid ventricular response and and then go into it you want to really cut to the chase from the beginning so that they can prepare their brain to be looking for the information that they need based on the question that you've asked okay it is very courteous to say this up front and to state the reason for your call now depending on your situation and who you're calling and why you're calling them, this first hook statement is going to change based on based on that, based on your objective. So maybe you have someone who you're going to discharge, but that they need follow up with their primary care so or their cardiologist. So you might say, hi, Dr. So-and-so, this is Amanda, one of the nurse practitioners in the ED, and I'm hoping to arrange close follow up with one of your patients that I have here in the ED with insert diagnosis here or or say why they need follow-up. Or maybe this is just a notification call. I'm calling to notify you about a patient of yours that we have here in the emergency department who's being admitted to whatever service for whatever diagnosis. Or maybe you're calling to admit a patient. And so you're going to start off by introducing yourself and saying, I'm calling to admit a patient to your service. So you're making that intention really clear at the beginning so that they don't have to follow you know, a roundabout story or a, a report that what they're really focused on, they don't hear anything until they hear the question, right? So they're going to be following your story. And only when they hear your actual clinical question, are they then going to be paying attention to the supporting pieces of the puzzle? And so then they're going to ask you, most likely, to repeat everything that you said, or they're going to ask you questions that you've already answered because they weren't listening for those things yet. Okay. 
you want to give them the information that they need up front so that they can listen in the right way. So that first sentence should be very clear and even include a diagnosis if you have one. And then after that, you're going to give the corroborating information. So you're going to say how they presented. You're going to say, you know, if a diagnosis was clear or if you had any pertinent exam findings or, or what brought you to that conclusion. So you're going to give a brief synopsis of their clinical course. So if it's the patient with AFib with RVR, you're going to say they presented with symptoms of X and on EKG, they were in a rapid ventricular rate of whatever. And here's what we did for them. And is their rate controlled now or not? Did they need cardioversion or not? Can they go home or do they need to come in for rate control and, and med management? So kind of get to the pertinent information in a timely manner. You don't need to go through the entire soap note and say, you know, their family history is significant for whatever. They have no past surgical history. They don't have any allergies. Consultants aren't really going to care about that. Whereas if you're calling a nurse to nurse report, they might care about that. They probably will care about that, you know. So the information that's pertinent to consulting providers is going to be different. So you don't necessarily want to give all the pertinent negatives, but you do want to point out the pertinent positives that would influence their decision-making process, okay? You don't need to go on and on and on. Sometimes you can succinctly come to your conclusion and then at the end ask, are there any more questions I can answer about this patient? Or do you have any questions I can answer about this patient? can I tell you anything else about this patient and kind of give them the opportunity to ask the information that they want? Because we're just assuming that we're giving them the information that they want, right? But depending on the diagnosis, depending on the specialty, depending on the time of day, there might be specific information that they want and that they don't want. So keeping our presentation and our consult short and giving them the opportunity to ask the questions is a really great way to do it. Hey, quick commercial break. When the world shut down last March, I decided to sign my family up for HelloFresh. We couldn't go out to eat anymore, and I was really over having to meal plan for every single dinner of the week. And honestly, this was one of the best decisions, and I wish I had done it sooner, like when I was working full-time nights in the emergency department with two kids. But even as a working mom now with three little kids, it is a lifesaver, honestly. And if you haven't heard about HelloFresh, it is a meal kit delivery service. Basically, you pick out your meals for the week from about 20 different selections that rotate, and you're delivered a box with all the measured ingredients plus very detailed directions for the meals you chose. And you can skip a box, cancel any time, you know, it's a subscription, but you don't have to have a box every week. Now, my husband, who's not known for his culinary skills, can really, really rock a HelloFresh dinner. So if you want to try this, you can get $40 off your first box by using my Refer a Friend link. And this will also give me a small credit to my next box, too. So you can go to theresumerx.com slash fresh or click the link in the show notes for this episode. Honestly, we haven't had a bad meal so far, but my two favorite meals are the cheesy beef tostadas and the firecracker meatballs. So if you see those on the menu when you order, definitely give those a try. Anyway, you can get $40 off your first box by going through my refer a friend link, theresumerx.com slash fresh. Now let's get back to the episode. So I did a little bit of research to see, okay, has there been any research done on how to effectively call a consult? Uh, and there is a, a well-respected paper by Dr. Chad Kessler, and this is about mainly 
calling consults from the emergency department. So that's obviously my perspective here because it tends to be the specialty that calls the most consult calls because we have to admit patients, discharge patients, transfer to surgical services, etc. But Dr. Kessler did a study and a paper and developed a 5C framework for calling a consult. So I want to go over that with you and the link to that article, which I got from a great source, rebelem.com, which is a good free open access medical education site for emergency medicine. That'll be in the show notes. So the five C's are contact, communicate, core question, collaboration, and closing the loop. So you'll see that this kind of mimics what we already talked about in what I mentioned a few minutes ago. So the first C stands for contact, and that is essentially your opening statement where you are verifying who you're talking to, introducing who you are. So you're saying, hi, this is Amanda, nurse practitioner from the emergency department. And you might say, hey, Dr. So-and-so, I have you listed as on call for cardiology right now. Is that correct? Okay. You may or may not need to do that, depending on how closely you work with your consultants and and how well you know the schedule. But that initial point of contact is basically a way to greet and uh, and also verify who you're talking to. The next C is for communicate. And so this is when you're going to give a concise story and ask your focused questions. So ideally, you're going to give your one or two sentence hook to the listener, meaning your Like I said, presenting that quick reason for why you're calling, you'll disclose the diagnosis of the patient as well as your intention for the call. This communicate section is also going to include those data points that we mentioned, those pertinent positives that will be important to them as they hear the rest of the story. And those data points should come after your hook or your initial intention of the call that includes your diagnosis or your rule out diagnosis for the patient. The next C is for core question. So this is when you iterate or reiterate the reason why you're calling. So if you have a clinical question that you want to talk through with them, you can state it. So I'm calling to discuss your thoughts on, you know, management of this patient or calling a consult to the ED. You know, this is what I said to say at the beginning. And I think that reiterating that after you've given the patient report is smart. So I'm calling to admit this patient to your service, or I'd like you to come and evaluate this patient, or I'm arranging for close follow-up. Okay. The next C is for collaboration. So this is the discussion part. This is the part that you aren't really prepared for necessarily because this is when you're going to give them the opportunity to ask their questions or discuss back and forth. They may say, okay, great, I'll be right there. Or they may have additional questions or they may uh, give a little pushback. Like they may question you as to why you came to this conclusion. And this is where that collaborative discussion comes into place. Then the final C is for closing the loop, and that is another opportunity for you to reiterate the plan that you've agreed upon. Closed loop communication, you know, we do it in ACLS and BLS. It's really uh, a mainstay of our communication in healthcare. So this is when you're going to say, Dr. So-and-so, thank you so much for taking my call. I will put in admission orders to your service or I will 
wait to see you after you've evaluated the patient, or I'll wait for your return call, or I'll instruct the patient to call your office in the morning to get a to get an appointment for their follow-up. This is when you're going to basically read back to them the conclusion that you've both uh, come to. Okay. So hopefully this is helpful. This is kind of a short but sweet episode. I think that you really can adapt this for any specialty that you're in. You know, you may be in primary care and you may have consultants in the community that you call and talk through cases with. So this is something that you can definitely use even if your specialty isn't the type where you're calling consults all day to to disposition your patients like the ED. So let's say there's, you know, a cardiologist in your community where you actually want to talk about a mutual patient or ask them a question. You don't necessarily need to put in a referral, but you actually have a clinical consult question. You can use this type of framework to call and and frame your discussion with them so that the conversation can assist you in your decision-making process. And if you have the time and the resources to do this in the outpatient setting, I encourage you to do so because sometimes it's possible to come to treatment plan conclusions or make adjustments based on phone conversations you've had with consultants as opposed to sending the patient for an appointment with that consultant and then circling back after the fact. So definitely something that you can modify based on your setting, based on your needs. If you're a student, seek out opportunities to practice this. Okay. If you're a student and you're calling a consult on one of your rotations, you may disclose you probably should disclose that you're a student, right? So when you're introducing yourself, you might say, hi, Dr. So-and-so, my name's Amanda. I'm one of the nurse practitioner students here in the emergency department. Thank you so much for taking this consult. And if when we're finished, you need more information from my preceptor, please let me know and I'm happy to hand you off to them, that type of thing. But look out for opportunities to practice this because calling an effective consult and being a strong positive communicator in in the professional space is so beneficial and so important and and helps not only our own professional relationships but helps us provide better care for our patients and and that's what it's all about right so hope you've enjoyed this episode and until next time always rooting for you and I will catch you next week on another episode of nurse becoming well that does it for today Thank you so much for tuning in and making it all the way to the end. If you found today's episode helpful, would you take a minute and give me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts? It will truly help other nurses find this show and know that it's worth listening to. For more information about this episode, as well as a place to submit your questions or suggestions for future episodes or guests, head to nursebecoming.com. I cannot wait to connect with you again soon. And until next time, remember, I am always rooting for you.